I feel like Wilson from Home Improvement right now. Because you moved your mic right in front of your face and I can only see your eyes. Yeah, where's Tim the two-man Taylor? <laughs> He's fixing for- something that's going to uh, epically fail. <laughs> yeah, so yep, that sounds about right. That's your- he can't help us right now. He can't come to the podcast right now. Uh, if he did, we might be in trouble. <laughs> might be in trouble. If we did, we might get more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Julia of The Locally Sourced. Today's guest is a titan in the relationship coaching game, owner of Anything for Love and all things intuition and trusting ourselves. Katie Grimes was inspired by her own experiences in work and life to help women of all walks of life, helping them find the power, confidence, and belief as they navigate and foster relationships with themselves and beyond. Not only that, I had the privilege of working with Katie last time or myself and talk about Game Changer. What's up, coach? boom what's up coach boom. i love it that was the best intro could you please copy and paste and send to me and i'm gonna put it on my website <laughs> oh, yeah. sure hi everybody it, thank you for that lovely intro julia and yeah i love that you have nicknamed me coach because i really do believe that all high achieving people like really need a coach to it's, I remember somebody once said to me, and you wrote this Christmas card to me about like, I'm, I'm the Belichick to you being TB12. And I was thinking like, it's true, right? There's like, the coach is on the field with you, helping you, guiding you, supporting you. I, I use the word loving you, right? And, but it's really in the, uh, in the power of making you as self-sufficient because in the case of, you know, Belichick and TB12 with uh, Tom Brady when they were a team is that Bill's not out there running plays, but he's in the sidelines going, all right, I would have done this differently. Or how do we think about doing that? And I feel like when I got your Christmas card and you said that, I was like, that's, that really feels true because I think that that's how coaching is like so different from therapy. Therapy is like, oh shit, my life is falling apart. I need to deal with this. Let's go back and talk about for a half hour like what's going on in my life and then like let's actually try to like dissect that as to like what it means about my childhood whereas coaching is more like okay cool what's the problem you're having now let's get to the root of it but also let's focus on the present and 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 having you feel like super grounded and then okay let's talk in two days and like make sure you're still feeling that great and like how do they intersect how do they come together and then like how do they connect which was yeah huge Cause I mean, I do go, I do go to therapy and I have worked with you and it's just been like, so like, oh, okay. It's like the number of aha moments were insane. Yeah. I think, I think therapy and coaching are beautiful complement to one another Yeah, because if you're, if you're dealing with say not being able to use your voice in a new relationship and you're wondering, and you're kind of overthinking or in your head, or you're finding that a relationship is ending and you're like, am I the dominant animator? Is it me yeah. or is it them? Um, there is always a past to dissect, right? Right. But I feel like for the most part, you have the ability to use that therapy as a way to understand childhood abandonment wounds and then really be able to understand and coaching like, okay, let's just first identify if that is a child abandonment wound. Okay. Or, or is that like, is that like you getting like five extra exclamation points from a, from a, um, (laughs) from a boss that literally triggered you and made you feel like you're not good enough. And now you want to like go back and get like a third master's degree, (laughs) you know? 
Yeah, that's yeah, that can be pretty heavy stuff, like at the end of the day. And to take yeah. that to like analyze it and to think about like, well, kind of like and we'll go we'll get into this as well, like just getting into people pleasing, like what that means and how that applies to every part of your life. And so yeah. like I mean, from your experience, like how did you get into this for our listeners that either have some idea of what a relationships coach does um, or even like coach, business coach, like how did, what was your start into all this? Because like, I, I know people really want to know. And, you know, I think you yeah, have yeah. a beautiful story about how you started and how you really want to inspire women of all walks of life, as I said before, and really find that power within them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, officially my business started, you know, April 13th of 2019, but that's because I got fired on April 12th <laughs> from my job because I had PTSD and I wasn't able to work. But the backstory to that is 2010, I was in a, re- a relationship that looked like a lifetime special movie, like really great on the outside. You got two good looking people who seemingly have their shit together. And they have a nice car and house and the whole nine. And I was being emotionally abused and I didn't realize what emotional abuse was until it turned physical. And then I realized like, oh shit, this is literally like that Fred Savage movie. Like when we were kids and Candace Cameron, like this is like, this is bad. So I got into 12 step recovery, a group called Al-Anon, which is for people who are deeply affected by alcoholics or, or drug addicts. Mm -hmm. And it was, what I realized is there was a direct correlation between how I grew up with my mom and how this person was towards me. And I realized they were manipulative, dishonest, selfish. They'd say one thing, do another. And I was super confused. Well, that started, kickstarted the journey. And believe me, Julia, I was so in my head about what's my purpose. What's my passion. I had every corporate job known to man between tech and between um, information management and finance. I tried every industry I could possibly get my hands on and it didn't matter because I always felt like I wasn't good enough. And I always felt like I was a fish swimming upstream, trying to fit into a nine to five mold, or in some cases be the first one to show up last one to leave. And I, I just always felt like I wasn't being myself. And I, and in fact, I always, always used to get the feedback that I was one way at work and another way outside of work with my friends. And that was really true. I I definitely wore a mask at work because I didn't want people to really know who I was because if they knew, say I grew up in an alcoholic home or, you know, that I was churning and burning through the guys that I was dating, then what would they really think of me? Well, what I didn't realize is that those experiences of churning and burning through guys and, you know, not really dropping off and not really having great friendships, but being friends with kind of everybody um, was actually setting me up for starting this business. Meaning that in 2015, I ended a relationship and ultimately realized after getting involved with a married guy right after that, that I was like, I was addicted to love. And I didn't know that it was a thing. I didn't know what that meant. I was just sitting in, a, in the Al-Anon meeting and my, I was telling my friend about this guy that I thought was super hot. And oh, by the way, yeah, he's married. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And I started telling the story. And she's like, Do you, have you ever heard of Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous? And I was like, no, what, what is that? And she was like, I think you're dealing with love addiction. So she encouraged me to go to a meeting. The first meeting was actually ever started in um, Newton, Massachusetts. And um, it is an international fellowship now. And essentially what it was, was a group of people of all walks of life, all bodies, all backgrounds, all races, all sexual orientations, all religions, 
or none for that matter. And they would sit there and you only knew their first name and they would tell you stories about, Hey, I had a one night stand with this one, or I'm cheating on my spouse or, Oh, I, but really underneath all that bullshit was -hmm. the feeling of not feeling good enough. And I could resonate with that. And I could resonate with the feeling behind not feeling good enough. So I ultimately was being sponsored and mentored by somebody who had more experience, strength, and hope than I did in that program and in Al-Anon and actively started working in recovery and understanding what is people pleasing, what is codependency, what is love addiction, which for those of you who don't know, it's a compul in my opinion, it's a compulsive need to be loved mm-hmm. and that you will do anything when it comes for love, like anything. And because deep down, maybe your friend asks you to hang out and you don't want to say no because you fear that she's not going to ask you out again. Like right. that sort of shit can get into in the way, no matter whether it's a loving relationship or whether it's that of an intimate. So I ultimately realized that I needed to get quote unquote sober in this program. I needed to give up. I sure I gave up booze, but like, I also realized I really need to give up guys for a while. Sobriety, and many different forms too. Sobriety takes on so many different forms. So I think you're right. Most people think that when I say I got sober, that it means I didn't do drugs or, or drink. No, no. Like sobriety to me means I'm thinking thoughts. I'm feeling feelings. I'm taking actions that make me feel good about me so that I can show up for other people and feel really good when I'm with them as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm quote unquote sober from alcohol, but I'm also so sober from sugar. I'm sober from gluten and dairy. I'm also sober as a sex and love addict, right? Somebody who is compulsively trying to use sex, love, affection, fantasy. Um, And I started sponsoring other women in the group, which means I do weekly phone calls with them, sometimes multiple times a week. And I had this like knack, Julia. I was like, I was like really good. I was like, I'd say something to them and they'd be like, oh my God, I get it. And I started to become like sort of a pillar in my recovery community as somebody who had sobriety, emotional sobriety. Like I think like, oh, wow, we should, we should spend more time with her. And fast forward to the shitstorm that occurred in 2018, where like I was the victim. I had not been dating. I had been sober. I was just about to get back out there and start dating. And I was raped and sexually assaulted. And then fast forward to losing not one, not two, not three, but four people that I deeply loved and cared about that I started to develop what's called PTSD. Yeah. And so I share this longer story because I think most people are like, oh yeah, well, I like lost my job. And then like, and then I just became a coach. It's like, no, like there was a whole freaking backstory to like, there's a and, whole, and I share it. It's a whole catalyst for it. And if you're going to be, if you're going to say how you got started, you might as well be honest. About right. It. And it's kind of like when people ask you, like, how did you become a teacher? How did you become, get into martial arts? It's not, it's, or how did you start this podcast? It's like, it's not because you just had decided there, there were things already set in place and predetermined for you. And then it all just kind of clicked and made sense. Yeah. And so after 2018 completely blew me apart. I realized that what I had was the emotional foundation to recover, which meant I still went to 12 step meetings. I was still doing the sponsoring. I was, I then started to actively in the, I was working in commercial real estate in Boston 
and actively started putting groups of women specifically together in a room to talk about emotional fitness. Mm-hmm. You see, I had already started a group called Wire Wellness for Women in Real Estate with a coworker, and we were talking about physical fitness. And it was an event that would take place every two weeks and nobody would drink. We would just do a workout and grab smoothies, yada, yada. But I realized at the root of it, I'd still hear women talking shit about how they look in their outfits mm. or that they're unhappy in their job or they're wondering if that guy's going to call them back or will that woman go on another date with her? And, and I started to realize, I was like, oh shit. I've been focusing on physical fitness. We need to be talking about emotional fitness, baby. Like we need some spiritual fitness up in here. Yeah. And <laughs> fast, right. And fast forward to losing my job, April of 2019, because of the PTSD and not being able to work and all that. And the day I got fired, I went to the beach and I was like, I'm never going back to corporate. I'm going to teach people. I started with women. I'm going to teach women who are in nine to fives, who are high achieving, how to feel more fulfilled in their careers. Cause I didn't feel that way. Yeah. And then it sort of had spun off into like, but this bleeds into all aspects of life, love and relationships. And I, and my legacy is that I really want to be known for helping people of all bodies and backgrounds understand why do we make the decisions that we do sometimes? And why is it that sometimes we feel so high and supercharged when we're with somebody And in other times we don't and how that can manifest itself into sex, love and fantasy addiction. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of it in a nutshell, girl. (laughs) Nutshell, but we're the nutshell. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) But you know what? I think that it's like really important for people to really understand like the, the reasoning behind it. And like you talk about emotional fitness and like, you can look like a night, like an, I'm talking like internationally ranked bodybuilder, but if you don't take care of the shit that's in your head, you're never going to be pleased. You're never going to be happy with how you look. Like there's so many different um, parts of it that, you know, and that's why not to, I'm not going to delve like too far off topic, but that's why you see so many bodybuilders like that have, that do have disordered eating or do have some type, some type of addiction because it's never enough. There's one thing to have like a growth mindset. And I talk about that a lot on this. It's a common theme because it's totally necessary, but you know, it's never good enough because they're constantly being judged on the aesthetic and their mind and their body do not align whatsoever. I have this phrase that I say, you've probably heard me say it. You can't have a, I just spilled an entire glass of water, but you know what? Let's just roll with it. So you cannot have a crazy, a sick body and a crazy ass mind. You can't, you can't. And that, and that's what I think so many of us, I've even heard this from friends say, oh yeah, like I'm starting to date this new person. I've been working at the gym all the time. And I'm, and I'm always thinking to myself, it's not the gym you need to go to. Yeah. It's not the gym you need to go to. Because your body looks phenomenal. Right. Whatever your body looks like is phenomenal. Right. It's, it's how you feel about your body. I'll give you a quick example. Walking the beach the other day, my heart went out to her. There was a woman who's suffering from anorexia. And she kind of looked back at me and I looked at my friend and I was like, I literally just want to go up to her and tell her, I know what it feels like to feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. 
and that what you're actually seeing in the mirror is not true because you really truly are deeply loved. And my friend started tearing up and she's like, honestly, I wish we could go say that to her and like, let her know that she really is loved. I was like, in a way, I think we are. It's not our place to go up to her, but like, she can it feel- is our place. She can feel that energy. Right. And like I did, I smiled and was like, but you just, your heart goes out. Cause you're like every, you're right. Everybody's in a way dealing or suffering with some sort of compulsive need or addiction to do something that validates them that I'm good enough. Yeah. And we know where that comes from, right? Which is likely our caregivers or likely who bullied us as a kid, you know, because we want that acceptance. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and speaking of acceptance, I think also like in tying into the whole relationship, like in platonic or otherwise, or familial, like when you don't get that acceptance that you deserve and you need and you require, so to speak, you start looking for it and it goes back to the addiction. Like it, you look for it in other ways and oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not, it might not be the ideal partner, but you're looking like you get that acceptance short term and then it manifests differently down the line. Oh, completely. I mean, there's so many, like you said, it, it happens in so many relationships. Like I know most people make the assumption that we're talking about intimate relationships, but it really can happen in your family. I mean, I think that's where I learned it, right? Which I learned it from my family. Like, like I, I learned that you talk about other people in the family without directly talking to them about it mm-hmm. because that's the better thing to do. When actually, no, if you have a disagreement with someone or you guys aren't seeing eye to eye or you're actually just genuinely concerned about the person, you can call them and have a conversation right. and see eye to eye with one another. But- <laughs> Ground. What's that? There's also grounding as a text message. Just look at that. Talk about Unagi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like, I mean, you hear the voice, like you can hear the context, you can hear the tone, you can hear the the delivery in a text. It's really hard to read that. And it's very easy to read between the lines. It's my number one dating advice that I say to every single person, male, female, non-gender conforming pick can I swear on here yeah I'll put it I'll put a warning don't worry about it you're fine you're fine pick up the fucking phone pick it up (laughs) yeah pick up the phone call someone tell them you're thinking of them there is nothing sexier like there is literally nothing sexier I sure when you reply to a story and I think you're hot okay yeah that's awesome a text message okay that's great but I get how many text messages do we all get? How many phone calls do we actually get these days? I think we're not numb. very much. I think we're numb to them. Yeah. Or we're, we're avoiding them. Like we get them like, why are you calling me? But the reality is, is like, it's actually, you talked about acceptance earlier. It's like, I think that we could accept each other more in a relationship if we in fact we're truly vulnerable with one another and truly tell each other exactly how we feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had, I had an ex reach out to me. I just recently went through a breakup and it's a beautiful day here in Portsmouth. And, and he called to invite me out and we don't have that kind of relationship. We kind of set those boundaries. And I, 
And he said, you know what? I was about to call you, which he was on the phone with me. I was about to call you and invite you out. And then I realized that's probably not a great idea. So I'm going to take it back. And I go, that's cool. And like, I appreciated the honesty, but he's like, but how are you otherwise? You know? And like, you know, he's like, clearly I was thinking of you. And I was like, no, that's great. You know, like, and it was just a quick five minute chat. And um, yeah, I, I think that there's just so many of us who feel like love is the one thing that is missing in our lives. But I think it's kind of how we all felt in the pandemic. You know, when we all felt early when it started, like, I feel so disconnected from others, but I really think it's because we felt disconnected from self. And I feel like that unearthed in a rather ugly I mean, none of us were expecting it I know I felt like that yeah I think many of us I mean not no one has really talked about the level of deaths that have occurred as a result of COVID they've talked about specific to COVID but not specific to that of the pandemic and or at least I haven't seen any studies on it and I think what's really important is to be able to look at like but I think what we're all truly wanting is that level of acceptance within ourselves. And I, I am of the school of thought that, I mean, you learn it from your family, right? I learned this from my Nana, which is like, in order for you to love someone else or for someone else to love you, you do have to love yourself. But I remember being like, that's all well and fine, but like, how do I do that? Yeah. And for me, it's saying nice things to myself it's keeping small promises kind of like as if I was dating, right? Like if I'm, if say I'm dating you and I, I tell you I'm going to be there at five, but I don't show up till six. Yeah. We're not going to date. Right. Cause it's like, why am I sitting here? I would say the other thing is that I've surrounded myself with peers, fellow in 12 step people who I've joined coaching programs with. I've surrounded myself with people who are like me, who I could call and be completely honest with them about the fact that I feel really excited about the fact that I resisted the urge to go out with my ex. Yeah. Cause it would have been easy. Right. And then I think the fourth is like surround is having a spirituality practice, some sort of believing in something greater than me, knowing that what I want in a relationship or what I have had already in relationships that were beautiful, that I will get that in the future. And then I think number five has been surrounding myself with coaches, mentors, sponsors, therapists. I got to get a team. This is, this does take a village. Like I need, I need a village supporting me so that at any point I'm not turning to the guy because I date guys, right. The guy that I'm dating to be my financial advisor, my therapist, my vacation partner, my best friend, my blah, blah, like all that. I need to balance it out. Right. And that's sort of like my biggest advice for people in terms of like trying to gain self-love and acceptance. Right. To have a care team, mm. you know, like to have someone and have a sounding board, everything that you're feeling and not necessarily going to tell your partner mm-hmm. might not have anything to do with them, but you know, it is kind it is biased in a way because they see you as one way. So how they see you is how they're going to advise you. Mm. And, you know, I think that in terms of like having like touching on the Tom Brady uh, Belichick uh, reference from earlier, I think that, you know, I've had like maybe, I've had like one or two coaches in the past year, like Mm -hmm. absolutely life-changing. Like I don't like 
that that's like not up for debate because it's true and but i think it also like you have to be willing to lean into it and to surrender to that and to let go of the ego to be able to do that i agree i totally agree there's got to be a willingness to accept the fact that the way that you've been doing things isn't working mm-hmm. despite your best efforts right let's face it everybody listening to this podcast is high achieving yeah yeah sometimes we know what we need to do we just don't get it done right uh, what i've often heard is people say yeah i just want to i just want to hire a coach so they'll tell me what to do belichick doesn't tell tom what to do i mean right. tom often would tell belichick what to do and maybe that's a whole different podcast. No, but um, but there's a balance, right? Of like, teach a man to fish. He's got food for life, right? So it's like, my whole mentality is like, let me teach you literally everything you need to know to be able to be self-sufficient and self-supporting so that you can choose to coach again if you want. You can choose to, maybe at that point, you'll be attracted to the next program that I do, or maybe it won't be me. Maybe it'll be another coach, or maybe you're just going to take a break from coaching because you feel like you have the tools in your toolkit and you want to be able to use them. Like I have a different philosophy with coaching, which is for me personally, I'm always going to have a coach. And I remember like my mentor once was like, you know, you have the answers within, you don't have to get a coach. And I was like, no, I, I agree. If I'm using coaching from the, like, where do they have the magic pill? It's all going to be, if they give me the magic pill, then it will all be better. I agree. That's not the way to go about it, but there has to be for me, a level of willingness to surrender that maybe they have more experience, strength and, and hope than I do about this particular issue I'm trying to solve. And in this case, maybe it's what I specialize in, which is like communicating your feelings uh, in a new relationship or in an existing relationship. How do you, how do you put yourself first without feeling selfish or needy? You know, like um, maybe you're dealing with love addiction and you're just hearing this for the first time on the podcast and you're going, Oh yeah, I do use guys or, or people like drugs. Okay. Yeah. I do get high. Like whatever it may be. I think there is a willingness that has to happen to surrender to the outcome of what will be. But then you get, then you get to make the decision if you gave it your all as to what that next step looks like for you. Do you continue with coaching or do you continue to, to focus on like another goal? Right. I mean, it's interesting how you like in going, like even talking about coaching with you, like how you and I got started. I heard you on another podcast. Yeah. And it was one of, I checked all the boxes. I was like, oh, damn, I've got to get this under control. Like, this mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, this, all right, something's got to give. And I think that, like, when you're listening to it and something resonates, and you mentioned this earlier, but something resonates, like, that's worth listening to. That's worth trusting the intuition, as you've said to me so many times in that three months. That we Right, that is. That is your intuition. Like the past year, you know? That is your intuition, right? That like tiny voice that goes, oh shit, that feels true. Do you feel comfortable sharing with the audience what your aha moments were from the podcast that you listened to me on? Or if you don't feel comfortable sharing that sort of like, what 
what were like maybe the problems that you were like, oh shit, I should probably try to get some support around that. Mine were, I'll give you one, um, I th- big time codependency. Mm. Um, and I think that is like, you know, it's, it was beating a dead horse every relationship that I, that I was in casual or serious or mm. even, as we both know engagement <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know I think the big thing for me was like all right well if I'm not like and also like intimacy if I'm not intimate if I just like turn myself off of this if I just like focus and have tunnel vision then everything else will sort itself out you know mm, kind of like that avoidant yeah yeah avoidant attachment and you know like if I don't or even like I really should deal with this, but I'm not in a place to, and I'm in a place to, I just don't want to freaking deal with it. Mm. And, you know, I think that when I'm going to name drop here, but uh, when you were talking to Kim, it was like, okay, well, you know, like whatever I've been doing is not working. And that's the definition of insanity. Like you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. You're expecting a different result. And it was like huge that I did that. Like I had business coaching the couple months before that. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, there's something deeper. Like I really have to pay attention to this. And as I, as we mentioned earlier, like the, um, the pandemic really brought up a lot of stuff for me that I thought I had dealt with and I didn't. Yeah. I, I think that episode with Kim on what moves her was pretty foundational because I think I mean it shed a lot of light for a lot of listeners in that episode about what sex and love addiction is what is fantasy we can talk about it here too but I think one of the topics that you were you know just to give a name to what Julie just described is what's called sexual anorexia which means like I'm not going to put myself out there to date or to you know engage with anybody that could potentially hurt me or who I have to express my feelings to. Um, and what I got, you know, what, what you can, I'm going to generalize, I'm not talking about Julia specifically, but like, generally, what you can take from that conversation is, okay, so if you're trying to avoid people, then what feelings are you trying to avoid, right. so that you don't get hurt? And by the way, uh, who's hurt you before? Right. And I think one of the most powerful things that you had shared right before we got started, you guys, we were like catching up. I thought it was cool. You were like, you talked about your, I, one of the questions I always ask you when, like, when we got started was like, who are your safe and trusted people? So I feel like I know your best friend, like your, your, yeah. your, your pseudo husband. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he, he, you had said that he said to you like today, like recently within like the last week or two that you're, you're the most peaceful that he's ever seen you. And when you said that, I was like, wait, is this your husband who you like talk, you know, quote unquote husband that you <laughs> talked to when um, you were going to get ready to, to sign on for coaching for the dating program, let love in. And you were like, oh yeah, that was him because he was like, this is the best thing you're ever going to do. And I do believe it because it, I mean, essentially what it does for everybody, right. Is you take the quote unquote issue that you kind of don't want to deal with <laughs> and you slowly deal with it. You don't right off the bat, open up the wound and like figure out what's going on. Zero to 60. 
Yeah. Zero one, zero to 100 real quick. It's more <laughs> like, Hey, let's talk about who you've dated in the past. Well, how did it start? How did it end? What was your part in that? What did you learn from it? What did you love about it? What did you not like about it? What characteristics do you want to take into that relate another relationship? Do you even want to date? Right. Like it's getting into like all that and then going into sort of family history. And it's actually why Julia, you are the person why now there are not one, but two weeks full of family history because you started having these huge aha moments about family history and how the relationship was all interwoven. And I, at the time of newly starting the program, was only talking about it for a half hour. And I realized, thanks to you, that it deserves a full two times to talk about because when we understand where we came from, it, it is very clear about why we're choosing the people that we are choosing. And I want to read something to you. Um, one of the women in our group, the Let Love In group, she yeah. sent me a text because we went to the beach together yesterday. And she talks about relentless hope. I'm going to read you what she wrote because I'm sure we could do a whole freaking podcast on this. Oh, we're going to do a, uh, a follow-up. And- but we, for sure. But we were talking about the fact that sometimes you get high when you are attracted to certain people. And what I mean by high is like, you're overthinking about when should you text them again? You're trying to figure out ways to text, reach out to them. You're wondering when they're going to call. Like if you go out with them, what should you wear? Like you're totally freaking in your head. But with some people, you kind of got this relaxed receptivity where you're just like arms over the over the top of the chair and you're just chilling like you could care less but it's not because you don't like them you're still attracted to them you're just like it's a different energy so I was like why do you think we do this and she was like ah and this is a girl in our let loving group this is a client of mine she said I think it's because of relentless hope it's a topic that I am learning about and I was like what's that so here's what she said my understanding of it is that we unconsciously choose people that we know can't give us what we really need or want Then we relentlessly try to get them to choose us in hopes that it will heal the old abandonment wound from our childhood, but relentlessly hoping when they do, we will finally feel good enough and worthy. But in the meantime, it's almost like a sadomasochistic cycle of pain that we seek slash enjoy because it's familiar and we hope relentlessly that this time it will end in us getting what we really finally deserve and want. Wow. When is there? I was like TED Talk coming out. I was like, when's your TED Talk coming out? <laughs> also, I'm quoting you anonymously on the Instagram and all respective social medias. Like, that's incredible. Can you send that? What well, makes your, also yeah? Your- yes, you send me the intro, and I will send you. Yeah, I will send you that. It is by far made the most sense to me. I mean, I, these are things I know, but like, it wasn't until I was like, oh, that's why some, some people I have a different energy around and other people I could like, you know, kind of care less, but I still like want to spend time with them. I just, right. So fascinating. I Relentlessly it. hoping that it, you'll finally get what you want. All right. Take that off and chew it. That is wow. I love that. 
I love that. I think that's a crucial reminder, like day to day too. And like, you know, and like with the let love in group, that is like, in order to break through and in order to, which I want to touch on the breaking through in a moment. And I think, you know what I mean? I do. <laughs> I think that, you know, part of it is that fear of like, let it go. And mm. like the relentless hope, like, well, I just hang on to this for like a little bit longer. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but what else is out there that's like going to be even more epic than what you're holding on to? I think we do have a fear of letting go because we think we're going to experience more pain. Right. 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 But, but the reality is it's like, I mean, I just described a shit ton of pain to you guys about how my story got started. It's why I can't ever just cut to the chase and be like, Oh, you know, I just decided that I was going to coach. No, like there's a whole story behind it. That is, really meaningful because each one of us have our own stories of something not going as planned in our life, us wanting to figure out the answers to how to solve for it so that we will not feel like we're in pain, Mm -hmm. getting some sort of comfort from learning or investing money or spending the time or the tears and then getting through the other side. And I did this post recently called it all makes sense. Cause it's true, right? Like all you ever sat with your girlfriends and then all of a sudden you're like, it all makes sense. Like it, it all makes sense. Why my whole freaking life fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like it all makes sense it's, that it. that whole story happened because I needed to meet you and I needed to come on the podcast and somebody who's listening to the podcast needed to hear something you said or I said, because that somebody is then going to go take some sort of action or have some sort of conversation with someone who also now needs to hear whatever this message is. Right. And then it just has a ripple effect. It's like so freaking cool. <laughs> no, like in, it, it really is. And you know, what I say is like, no matter how small the ripple is, like it just like, it always creates long lasting effect. Like a wave doesn't start an ocean wave, not like a hello wave, but <laughs> I have to clarify, but you can have to, I guess. But um, like even a wave doesn't start in the ocean by being this ginormous wave. There's always one movement from the wind that mm. pushes the water and then not to get too scientific here, but, and then it slowly, slowly, slowly builds, 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 builds. And then at some point it's a nice little wave for a boogie board. Other times it's like a tidal wave, like, but it all started with one little ripple. Mm, that's really well said. I feel like I will never look at the ocean the same after that analogy, like in a really great way. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Cause you know, I'm at the beach every single damn day of my life. Cause I love it so much. We gotta do but that. what's up? We have to, we have to do that again. Oh yeah. You guys. So last year, summertime, I should do that again. I'll be I there. had all my former clients and present clients come to the beach whoever could make it but we're international now so sometimes I'm like we're still going to the beach yeah we've got people in Denmark Sweden Canada Panama Nicaragua Nicaragua it's incredible we'll just have to send them their boards 
I'll be like, I will, we, and then we karate chopped boards with our hands and Kim came and she nunchucked that thing with her foot. And sent me. And sent you what? Sent me all the way to Portsmouth with her kick load. She, she's strong. Yeah. She's a force to be reckoned with. And then I accidentally punched you in the boob. Hey, that was a good time. Twice. You're welcome. (laughs) Keep the change. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I literally put everything I had into like breaking the board with my hand and I came right through and smacked her right in between the boobs. And I was like, and we have it on video. It's so funny. I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Hey, I'm good. All good. All good. But to tie into that, it's the amount of energy that you had, like whether the adrenaline that you had behind it. Yeah. And I think that is like, you know, that's an emotional release right there. Like you don't, and it goes past. And what I tell people when they do that is that you don't aim for the board, you aim through it and you like break through something. So that you want to elaborate on what I had people do real quick. Yeah. So we had a board, uh, like call it a, a wood what would you call it? A wood plate? Wood? A, a wooden plank. One inch. Wood. Wooden plank. One inch. And on one side was your fear, your doubt, your insecurity that you want to get rid of. And on the other side is something that you really wanted to achieve. Like what, like a feeling, uh, financial security, whatever it may be. So you aimed, if you're using Julia's analogy, you aimed for the thing that you were breaking through too. And um, it was really powerful. It was such a great added bonus to the day of sitting around and like lounging in our bikinis and like <laughs> getting to know one another. It was cool because you all were from all, some of you were private coaching clients, some of you were groups, some of you had been in the other group that the other has had been. So it was like a, a large group of people who had all been through the same journey and we're all connecting. Some of you still keep in touch, but I just think is like the best thing ever. And it was just so cool to see, but I really liked that idea of, of breaking through to something like greater than ourselves. And, but keep in mind, I think this is a great analogy. I, I know for me, I didn't, I wasn't able to break through on the first try. I think Kim, Kim, I know you're listening to this. Kim definitely was not able to break through on the first try. That's why she took a foot to the last one and was like, <laughs> son of a, um, but I think it's a really great analogy for life because there's a lot of false positivity that's happening on social media about, oh, look at me, my life's so great. They could you make it all this bullshit. And it's not true. There are some days where it's hard to get out of bed. Even, even for me, who sounds very energetic, there are some days where I wonder, God, I don't love all my responsibilities. Like, would life be easier if dot, dot, dot. Like those sometimes still happen. And part of it is I'm healing a gut infection. And I realize that. But the other part is because many of us have grown up with dysfunction and that is in fact our go-to is to focus on the negative. So one thing that I have learned to to do over the last specifically two years is to bring really focus on the positive, to really focus on the gratitude, to really focus on the moments throughout my day where I've been able to let love into my life. You know, Julia, for example, inviting me on the podcast, having some laughs with you, like, sharing a funny memory like that those are ways to like let love in for me you know like genuinely like accepting and um 
putting out that positivity. And as you said, like you see a lot of false positivity, you see a lot of toxic positivity. And mm-hmm. like, that is like, you don't really necessarily deal with the, um, you don't necessarily deal with like the, the what's under. Yeah. It glosses over. And, you know, I think so that's really important and to be able to recognize that and to be able to say, I really don't feel like doing this today, but either way it has to get done. adulting man adulting 101 it's hard at at times and I think where you can kind of go back to that list I just said like get a tribe of people around you who can make it a hell of a lot easier get a coach get a mentor get a peer get a hire team and if you don't have the money then figure out how to get the money because it's like so worth it um And it's actually essentially why I started business coaching too, is because a lot of people, what I found was 95% of my clients were entrepreneurs and they wanted to talk about being able to take the concepts of, okay, how do I pause before I react to my said girlfriend and I'm trying to express my feelings and I want us to be more intimate, but she's not showing affection. How do I take that same knowing and understanding of how do I use the tools of journaling, meditation, EFT, tapping, calling a safe and trusted person reaching out to my coach, how do I take those same tools and now apply it to my business so that I'm not seek have being codependent, right? AKA I'm not seeking validation from how many likes I get, how many comments I get, how many people want to work with me. But instead I truly believe that will, that I can make $20,000 a month into my business or more. I can help as many people as possible. I mean, this is all stuff I saw people doing on Instagram. And I was like, they are totally full of shit. There's no way they're making 20K a month. There's no, or consistently, there's no way they're having a hundred thousand dollar launch. Dude, I'm living proof that I like hired these people to learn their strategies and realize they are not full of shit. <laughs> and yeah. then because I've been able to do it. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, sprinkle game. in a little, sprinkle in a little support plus a little bit of spirituality We're gonna and sell- a little self-care. <laughs> and a little bit of salt and you are good to go my friend that's amazing oh, i'm so Thank happy you. for you oh man thanks girl i'm happy for you too i'm glad that you got uh, you know what i said to you the 12 steps say attraction rather than promotion and the fact that your friend came to you and said and your mom and a few other people have come to you in the last few weeks and said you're the most peaceful i've ever seen you since you were five or whatever like that i i feel happy for you too i think Listen, I had to go through all that shit so that I could be able to learn the skills and the tools and the things that I need to do to teach them to you so that you can then teach them to other people. And that's just how this works. Yeah. You know, it's really powerful. It is powerful. And then when you feel how powerful it is, you can't help but want to do it's like you're like motivated to do more, like not addicted to do, right? more, but motivated. And you're not exactly there's a difference, right? I'm not doing it out of the hunger that I must. I'm doing it because I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. 20K months. What else can I do? Like, and I don't equate the money as being like money in my pocket. I equate it because that's not how much I get. But that is, I am equating it to how many people I've been able to help. Right. That's pretty freaking dope. That's like, oh, snap. Like, because it's sort of your wave analogy. And then they go and help all those other people. I'm merely just a conduit from whom I choose to call God, higher power, universe, whatever you want to call it. Like 
the downloads I'm getting for my intuition to help you are merely asking you questions so that your intuition taps in and goes, no, that doesn't feel good. Or, oh yeah, that does feel good. Or oh, yeah. that's a little uncomfortable. And you're like, all right, let's go deeper. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, let's go one level deeper. Okay. <laughs> no, I like, I think that like the amount of work, honestly, friends, listeners, everybody, for those of you that need that boost, seriously, we're going to actually, I'm going to have you list your contact information as well, but um, sure. so that people can easily get in touch with you. Um, but by all means, if you really want to, for those of you that really, I don't like using the word if it's conditional and then people will do it. So for those of you that really want to lean in and really level up and find peace in whatever capacity, however, that whatever that looks like for you, talk to Katie worth mm. the investment. It is an, it's an investment of your own life. It's not an, in, don't think of it as money. Think of it as in reinvesting of, in yourself. It's a re- great return of investment. And, you know, like a little goes a long way and it's only, you can only go up from there. So true. I mean, if you think about the analogy of you put money in a 401k or an IRA, because you know that you're going to get money back on it. It's mm. the same thing when it comes to coaching. It's interesting. Somebody asked me one right? Yeah. Somebody asked me one time, she's like, what's your success rate? I was like a hundred percent. Yeah. And she was like, what do you mean a hundred percent? I was like every freaking person who has walked in my doors, well, my online doors, um, <laughs> my virtual doors, uh, has walked away knowing themselves, trusting themselves, loving themselves a lot better and feeling, I would say, even if you want to go say minimally happier no like marginally happier like like to the point where people are asking them like julia like what are you doing or what have you done why well, how come you're so happy like i want to be in that energy and then what happens it's pretty cool is like when you do decide to let love into your life be it career be it love be it whatever you will you people start to attract to that because you're just you're just glowing like that's not sweat from the 100 degree day that we're rocking with right now this is like this is straight up self-love and this is a, a spiritual practice that makes you feel loved and supported. And I, Julia, I said this to you the first day I met you, like my job as your coach is to teach you how to love yourself. And I'm going to teach you how to love yourself by loving you first. Right. So if I show up for you and I say, I will, if I don't gossip, shame, or criticize you, if I don't, if I keep what we say between you and I, then that's going to mean that you start to do that for yourself. And then you start to do it with other people. And then other people start to trust you. And listen, this is why the pandemic was so severe for so many of us is because we need that connection to thrive. And the way that you build connection is by trusting yourself first and then going ahead and trusting other people. And I think it's really powerful. So three ways you guys can get in touch with me. The first is my podcast called Anything for Love, appropriately titled, because Mm -hmm. I used to do anything to be loved. Um, but yeah, anything for love is my podcast. And then number two, you guys can hit me up on Instagram. I give free content there every single day. Um, and number three would be my website, katiegrimes.com. Uh, you guys can check out the courses that are available. We have price points for all types of people. So if you want a private coach, if you want to be in a group program, if you want to kind of, you're kind of do it yourself kind of person, and you just want to hold yourself accountable, we've got you covered. So katiegrimes.com is where you want to go. Amazing. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for having me on. And you know what? Got to tell you, listeners, if you really want to see an epic dance party, you need to check out Katie. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Whether it's coaching with me live or it is on my Instagram, I like to drop it like it's hot. Julia, did I tell you what my niece said to me the other day? (laughs) This is is great. Okay, you guys, let me set this up for you. We're at sushi. She's two years old. And of course, a two-year-old, right, is like, they got to sit in the booster seat in the whole night. So I said, Lola, do you want to see Auntie Katie dance? And I like showed her a video. She stops it, points at the screen and goes, when I get a full sentence, Julia, I'm not shitting you. She goes, when I get older, I would like to learn how to dance like that. And her mom and I, literally our faces drop. And it wasn't butchered. It wasn't like, when I get like she literally full sentences when I get older I would like to learn how to dance like that Kelly starts laughing hysterically I start laughing and Lola of course starts laughing and I'm like we need to get this chicken showbiz like how is this two-year-old saying this full sentence about how she wants to learn how to dance like that um it was my up video to Cardi B I was pretty impressed with it and clearly Lola was too um but yeah I try to I try to keep this shit I try to keep this shit light and fun because when we're talking about feeling our feelings, it's heavy. Some people like to avoid, as Julia described, and other people are like overly emotional. I'm an overly emotional person and healing from that. So I like to try to keep it light and fun. It is light and fun. I think you started every session last summer with the dance party. And you know what? I like, <laughs> and I know I turned my camera off while I was out of like uh, line of vision, but I was like, wow, I didn't know I needed that. Like, you don't. Cause it, yeah, it promotes like this vulnerability. Like when you're about to share all this stuff with like in my case, all the women that were in my group. Mm-hmm. That is so funny. One of my private clients said that one time she was having a day. And finally I was like, can I walk you through an exercise that I feel like is going to be a little vulnerable, but I feel like you're really going to like it. We ended up busting a move to an entire three minute song. Like, literally eyes closed, like, like ripping it up. And she sits down in the chair and, you know, she's kind of like a little dizzy, you know, and she's like, wow, I really needed that. And then texts me the next day. And she was like, I love your intuition. Like, that's exactly what I needed. And by the way, I don't make you all dance, but like, it's just, sometimes I know the right person who needs it. And just so happened that let love green group that particular one is the only group that's the last group i've done it with because you guys were like in that energy of like let me rip it up pitbulls i believe that we will win i mean none of us have been to a club in over a year <laughs> how else are we gonna <laughs> seriously how else we need to virtually bust a move but no nah, it's been an absolute pleasure being on julia thank you so much for having me thank you for your time i appreciate you yeah. so much I have to do another beach walk soon. Figure that out. That would be lovely. I'm down. All right. Well, we'll, we'll bring KJ into the mix. Yes, we have to. Kevin, yeah, for sure. All right. So, everybody, this is Julia once again. This was the wonderfully magnificent Titan Katie Grimes. Be sure to check her out on Instagram, her website, um, email. Make sure that you guys are really, for those of you that are interested, um, well worth it. You will feel more at peace, as I've said, and have a great night.